Hi guys. Thanks for listening to Library Overload. This is Tavia. This is Susie. Don't forget to go check out our blog, which is just libraryoverload.home.blog. We keep up to date with all of the stuff we've been reading. Yes. And then also um, leave us a review, a rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We would greatly appreciate that. And then also definitely check us out on Instagram. That's where we're the most active and keep up to date with all of our shenanigans. All right, today is Buddy Read Day. Yes. And this month was Tavia's pick, and she was she has been ready for this book for a couple of months now. Yeah, because you brought it up and then didn't pick it, and I was super disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided that as soon as we started back into Buddy Reads and it was my pick, I was going to pick this one. I am glad that yes. you chose it. Now... I will say, usually we're very lighthearted and mm-hmm. jovial on this show. This is going to be a bit more stoic of an episode. And, I mean, it is slightly a controversial topic. So just, you know, these are our opinions, guys. Don't take anything to heart, what we're going to say. Yeah, don't add us. Yeah. I don't want to debate anybody. <laughs> right. So we're I gonna, get flustered. Right. We're going to try to talk about the book and the issues in the book. Yeah, definitely, definitely don't at us. We're not really here to engage in political debates. These are our opinions based on this one book that we've read. We're not experts in the subject matter. This is just our understanding of this particular book and situation. Yes. So we read this month, she said, breaking the sexual harassment story that helped ignite a movement. And this is by Jody Cantor and Megan Tuohy. And they are the two journalists who worked for the New York Times that broke the October 5th, 2017 story of Harvey Weinstein's sexual allegations, sexual harassment allegations. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they, f- this book is basically. It starts from the moment that Jody is uh, reaching out to Megan to see if she would like to work with her mm-hmm. on this giant mammoth mm-hmm. of a uh, of an article, mm-hmm. and it just follows them with every lead, every discussion mm-hmm. they have, every phone call moment that goes on mm-hmm. up until a year after all of this breaks, and then they talk to the women. And that were affected mm-hmm. and all and it was it was fascinating. It was very, very fascinating. Yes. Basically the the first part of it, it starts in May, uh, May eleventh, two thousand seventeen, when Jody has a phone call with Rose McGowan. And that's kind of like the catalyst for the whole thing. Because mm-hmm. Rose McGowan had tweeted recently about an incident involving an unnamed producer. So they're trying to get to the bottom of this and get a story and that's the catalyst for the whole article was that phone call Mm -hmm. Um, it ends up being 30 plus accusers Mm -hmm. after the article breaks and like he's just getting ready his jury selection was january 6th things are just happening now Uh, between october 5th 2017 and now 30 plus women have accused him of sexual assault over the years 
Yeah. What a what a garbage person. Yeah. He's so. just a dumpster fire of a well, human. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that went into it as well. Like mm-hmm. the the company, the people in his company mm-hmm. that knew about it, that helped cover it up, that the helped enablers perpetuate mm-hmm. the situation. Yes, the like the just the the widespread systemic belief that well, men just do that to women in Hollywood. That's just and what money they do. will make it go away. Yes, that was the most infuriating mm-hmm. part to me. Is that for the most part, these women would attempt to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And instead of being helped, it was just like, well, take the money mm-hmm. and be quiet. Right. And even these feminist lawyers. Yeah, I was really upset with Whoa! Some of that set me on fire. Yeah, the women, the lawyers that are claiming to be feminist advocates that are claiming that are to- huge in mo- in feminist movement and mm-hmm. just. That we're actually working behind the scenes with Harvey, according to these two, to help cover up, to help make it a PR situation, you know, to like, mm. to help dig up dirt on the accusers to try to discredit them. And it's like, what, what good are you actually doing? So there's a couple of things that I did want to discuss. The one is starting like back with all of the people they go through and try to get. Okay. Basically, everyone, nobody wants to come out alone. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah. They're terrified of the repercussions of this man that has basically endless resources. And power. Yes. And that was one thing. In a memo, Lauren O'Connor stated that the balance of power was Harvey Weinstein 10 and her zero. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I loved her. She was awesome. Her memo, it here i've got like post-it notes in my book and like i was i was full on ready to have a chat yeah she said i'm a 28 year old woman trying to make a living and a career harvey weinstein is a 64 year old world famous man and this is his company the balance of power is me zero harvey weinstein 10 that's just like you know she's fearful about speaking up because it's so intimidating. Mm-hmm. There's like this big scary guy that could ruin your career. That mm-hmm. could, you know, do do you in in a matter of sentences. Yeah. Completely ruin everything you've worked for up until now. Mm-hmm. And he would have no no issue whatsoever making you go away. Yeah. And also I thought it completely fascinating and apparently it happens more than I realized, but he at one point during the story and when Rose McGowan came out hired an Israeli company mm-hmm. that was like a fixer company that like hired fake actors mm-hmm. and people to go in and plant themselves in like Rose McGowan's life yeah. and dig up dirt on her book. And- Apparently Rowan uh Ro- Ronan Farrow's book that covers this same issue because they were both like, all three of them were writing this same article at the same time. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Ronan Farrow covers that part of the story oh, cool. much more in his book mm-hmm. because he was actually followed and intimidated. Yes. Uh, probably a little more than these women were, Jody and mm-hmm. Megan. 
uh, unless they just didn't write that part in their, their book. Their main focus was the victims. Right. They, they, they covered a couple action. of phone calls that they had and meetings, of course, that they had with Weinstein himself. Mm-hmm. But it never felt like they were afraid of him or anything like right. that. So... Um, so from this book, they don't really discuss him and t- his intimidation mm-hmm. tactics against the journalists themselves. But if you are more interested in that, Ronan Farrow's Catch and Kill, or Catch and... I'm going to have to look that up. But something about catching. Um, I'll have that in show mm-hmm. notes. But uh, his book will cover that a little bit more, the intimidation tactics and following. Yeah. yeah, I just didn't... Like, I guess I live in this happy little bubble of sunshine and rainbows and unicorns, but I just didn't realize that things like that happened, that people hired people to, like, like, that's that's the whole plot of one of Dan Brown's books, <laughs> <laughs> and it, like, really happens. Like, mm-hmm. there's really people out there that do that, and it just kind of blew my mind. Um, one of the things that got me so angry were the settlements and the non-disclosure agreements. Mm-hmm. The wording in those NDAs it's was disgusting. But here's what I think. Like, especially his his pattern is to prey on early 20-somethings. Brand new employees. Late teens, early 20-somethings. Mm-hmm. And can you think about the person you were at that age mm-hmm. and how vulnerable you would have felt? And dying for any sort of praise, recognition, yes. Anything like that. Not so knowing if, what to do. And so if someone like Harvey Weinstein came to me when I was 19, 20 years old and told me that he thought I was talented and he thought I could do great things in this world, I would have done any like I would have been like okay what do I need to do like not understanding what he would wanted me to do right like and so these women would follow him to hotel rooms thinking they're getting meetings to talk about their careers and Mm -hmm. it's so exciting and then then just to for him to just shit on their dreams and Mm -hmm. their their egos that just every like just Mm -hmm. and in the the non-disclosure agreements basically instead of like filing criminal charges they would go you know through the civil court because Mm -hmm. there's a certain limit set on what you can press criminal charges on so like if you can't prove beyond a shadow of a doubt Mm -hmm. then you can't charge him with anything criminally right or like in the state of new york the statute of limitations for sexual allegations is very short so Mm -hmm. that's why like his trial is actually only, I think, two women um, out of the 30 that mm-hmm. are actually getting to proceed with criminal investigation. But So the only other recourse you have is to go with the civil court and go with these payoffs. But the language, like in one of them, the one in, in Europe, uh, I think she was in London, mm-hmm. his phrasing and her agreement was that she couldn't even tell her therapist what had happened right. without consulting him about it. Mm-hmm. Like that's... That's sabotage for years to come to yeah. someone's self-worth. Right. and But also in every single settlement, it would be like, this payment is not admission. This is not admission of guilt. Mm-hmm. This is just payment to basically make this go away. Right. Uh, by the piece is what Yes, he, that's he, the wording. Yeah, and it was, was just like, are you... F- mm, yeah. Like, I, just the whole time. And 
I kept having to take breaks reading this because it was just so frustrating. And just imagining myself in these women's shoes and just how much, how much would you actually do or try to fight this kind of person before you're like, you know what, just F it. Like, I'll just take the money and go. I mean, like the victim mentality is is definitely, to a certain extent, this is my fault. mm -hmm. But also, how many times have we seen women come forward with allegations only to be eviscerated in the media? Oh, yeah, they're stoned. Yeah. So why would you want to, like, I get that you want to stop the cycle of abuse, but to stand up and do it you know, on your own, that's terrifying. Oh, yeah. I totally get why people don't want to do that. 1,000%. And especially when it's just just you, a woman, going up against a great man of power that has done so many wonderful things. Mm -hmm. And who's going to believe you? Mm -hmm. Like... Because and he kept saying like, well, it was consensual. She came to my that's, hotel room. That's still his defense at this point. Yeah, he has unequivocally denied any mm-hmm. non-consensual sexual right. relations. Well, she came to my hotel room. Yeah, but that doesn't mean she wanted to be groped and right. forced to do things like that's right. Ugh. Also, like going to a suite of rooms is different because like they would be like a living space. Right. It's not like us common folk to... hotel rooms. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's like an apartment in yes. one of these suites that he's staying in. He's not mm-hmm. staying at the Days Inn right. like where you walk in and it's two beds. Right. Like, yeah, no. He's <sighs> Yeah. Um I also thought that the wording in the the book kind of made it seem that the women, their own lawyers, were coercing mm-hmm. them into the settlements to get them more money. Mm-hmm. Right, because a lawyer doesn't get paid unless their client gets right. paid. Which I thought was another like failure of the system. Yeah. Because basically, how much money is it worth mm-hmm. like this act that was done to you? Is there enough money that ever makes it right? Like, right. That's, it's like they're shoving money at it and just saying, here, this fixes it. This makes it better. There was even several women who the settlement was, we'll give you money, but also you can work in another division of the company across the country or in another country. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, is this worth mm-hmm. like people for years afterwards said that I felt such guilt for working at this company because I'm still working for a monster just because I don't see him every day like I used to doesn't mean that this isn't an issue. Like Mm -hmm. it was just these poor women were having to wrap their minds about around the fact that I, I bent to his will Mm -hmm. and this is just my life now. And it's just, I can't imagine the, the guilt that, of course, any victim feels, mm-hmm. but then also, like, still going and working at his company, knowing that you're helping him just amass more fortune mm-hmm. and helping his name in, in the limelight. And it's just, but at the same time, you don't really have a choice. Right. And it's, it's I can't even put myself in those shoes. Mm-hmm. The thought that I kept coming back to was was how young they were and what lack of options they had. Mm-hmm. Like, even if, you know, they had someone in their corner that could help them, there's still a significant lack of options for a woman mm-hmm. to speak out against someone, especially so powerful. Right. And 
and the like so many people in his company would help to cover it up like his lawyers mm-hmm. or his brother or like the board the board yeah times knew about the behavior and then even after the story broke um their sole directive was to save the company money right. and to save the company image they yeah. never cared about the treatment of the women right and then uh jody and megan the journalists somehow got copies or recordings of their discussions and the board meetings themselves after this article mm-hmm. dropped and it really was like one guy was like we need to stand behind harvey because it's his company and then someone else was like no he has to resign or he has to be fired and then someone was like well oh but it'll make us look bad if we fire him and then someone else is like no it'll make us look bad if we don't and it's like hey how about those women like it's just infuriating that this is still happening in the 21st century and it's infuriating that even when it all comes down to it it's all about harvey and it's not about Mm -hmm. the victims so i really appreciated what these journalists did in making sure that every single victim was a given a chance mm-hmm. to share their story. But also, I really loved the fact that they made it very clear that they wanted this to be a, leg- a legitimate journalistic experience. Mm-hmm. So they went through every avenue to make sure that this was truthful. They had proof as much as they could. They tracked down paperwork of settlements. They tracked down... From the 80s, 90s. Yeah, like, they made sure that every single I was dotted, every T was crossed, there was nothing that in in their original article that could have been proved incorrect. Mm-hmm. They wanted to make sure that what they did was solid and mm-hmm. i really appreciated this especially in this world of fake news <laughs> um it's it's much appreciated that they made sure mm-hmm. that everything they they did mm-hmm. couldn't come back and bite them in the ass later right. because when it's this heavy of a subject mm-hmm. you know that someone's going to be fact checking yeah. their work and so of course they had to be correct right. especially with Harvey and his band of lawyers yeah at sit, one point like they threatening threatening to sue the times for publishing this article on defamation mm-hmm. and all of this and they're like We'll prove that it's not correct. And then we'll see you in court. Yeah. And oh my God, I about, I about like hollered <laughs> when the Times lawyer sent them just a very brief paragraph and mm-hmm. it was like, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. They're like, do it. In legalese, it says this. And in real world, it says, right. bring it on, basically. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa. Because mm-hmm. I remember because the Times lawyer, he sent that letter to harvey weinstein's lawyers but after the article dropped he also posted that letter and let america read it and i remember reading it and just being like yeah she's <laughs> like that's amazing that's funny. so i really liked hearing mm-hmm. kind of the the background of that mm-hmm. specific part of this gigantic story yeah like that was super fascinating there were a couple of counterpoints just on the journalism that i yeah. wanted to discuss um how far is too far when you're investigating, you know, doing the investigative journalism, like there were times when they would call or just show up at people's houses mm. that hadn't contacted them. Right. And it's like, are you blurring a line here or should we respect people's privacy or where, like, where's the line at? You know, I think 
I think once they showed up at someone's house and the person was like, you need to leave, and they left them alone, Mm -hmm. that's fine. But when they send emails and they send text messages or whatever to no response, that's not really saying leave me alone mm-hmm. that could be they have the wrong email or they mm-hmm. have the wrong phone number or whatever but i think mm-hmm. if they had gone to someone's house and been like hey we would love to talk to you about this and the person was like absolutely not mm-hmm. get out of my face leave me alone and they still yeah showed up at their house that mm-hmm. would be a line that was my crossed only concern in that was that when they when the the assistant, husband well yeah but the assistant that didn't want to be known they tracked Mm -hmm. her mom's address down and showed up at her mom's house Mm -hmm. i was like "Mm, maybe we should just simmer on that one like i really get that you want your story but going to her mom's house like but at the same time when she got there though that assistant was like i've been waiting for someone for 25 years to show Mm -hmm. up like she knew it was coming when it's this gigantic of a thing like i totally understand wanting your privacy but Mm -hmm. also legally she couldn't speak to a lawyer to a a journalist so it's kind of like was she really like and you don't know if Mm -hmm. she was really trying to hide because she couldn't legally talk about it without um retaliation or was it she just wanted to keep her privacy but because she eventually did speak out Mm -hmm. like she was obviously okay with it the original sources that went on the record in the first article were ones that didn't have right they did not sign ndas yeah um and then after they went public then more people started coming out of the woodwork Mm -hmm. to doubt the you know not the authenticity but doubt the whether the agreement should be withstanding in Mm -hmm. a situation like this yeah and there were yeah afterwards there were several women that did speak out even with ndas and he's never retaliated Mm -hmm. against any of them because at this point like Mm -hmm. sorry dude Mm -hmm. like you're you've done shitty things Mm -hmm. like you don't get to retaliate now right the only other thing as far as the journalism that i wanted to talk about was the lauren o'connor memo now they obtained that through an employee of the weinstein company but when they contacted her she's like i really wish you wouldn't use that Mm -hmm. what do you think about it being something that she wrote does she have ownership over that or when she sent it into the weinstein corporation is it now their property hmm that's a good question i feel like because she wrote it and sent it out to the entire company i feel like you can't expect it to not be leaked especially with such a gigantic corporation that it is it's actually shocking that Mm -hmm. it wasn't leaked before this is true and i think at the time that she wrote it, I think she was mad enough. Yeah. Especially the way that she worded oh, her, it. Her memo was brilliant. It was fantastic. And especially the way that she worded it, I think she would have been fine at that moment if it had leaked. Yeah. And so I understand not wanting your name out there, especially when all of this was coming mm-hmm. about. Because so many people were saying that it was a witch hunt and mm-hmm. all of that crap that crappy people say. But... At that, like, I totally understand her not wanting her name to come out, but at the same time, it's it's much more powerful mm-hmm. when you just own it, but it's terrifying. Yeah. But I do think that because she sent it out to that entire company, mm-hmm. it's sense. it it was okay for it to come out. If she had just emailed it to HR, 
that should have been Mm -hmm. stifled. But because it was something she sent out across the board, it's... I agree with you. I just wanted to see where you're... Yeah. You know, I just wanted to play the opposite end of the... Sure. um, You are married to your husband. I get it. (laughs) To see where things kind of went. This also, the story broke around the same time as the Me Too movement took off. Mm -hmm. And they also raise a point in the book of whether the Me Too movement was helpful or hurtful to sexual harassment cases across the globe like did we go too far or did some people use it so incorrectly that it hurt the ones that you know actually used it legitimately i feel like when you are legitimately calling out sexual harassers and aggressors there's no line that can be crossed unless you're literally throwing stones at them um I don't think there's a line to be crossed. People need to pay for their actions. Mm -hmm. Do I believe that people used it instead of to advocate, but to push themselves up onto a platform? Absolutely. Especially when, I don't know how your notes are, but especially when we got to Christine Blasey Ford, which was my favorite part of the book. I thought it felt really disjointed from the whole rest of the narrative. I I loved it because I remember watching her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do too. I just thought like the whole rest of the books about the Weinstein issue and then we throw her in and it's like, eh. I think it was just two totally different parts of the the beginning of the Me Too movement that I loved seeing how the different how different they went because the Harvey Weinstein case went relatively well for the persons Mm -hmm. that spoke up. Mm -hmm. But for Christine Blasey Ford, it was a whole other ballgame for her. So I liked seeing the backgrounds of these movements Mm -hmm. that we saw from the outside. Mm -hmm. So I really, really appreciated that. And that was something that I didn't expect from this book. So it was like, you're going to talk about her. Oh my God. Like, Um, yes, I, it was interesting. I just, for me personally, it felt disjointed from the rest of the story, but I, I felt I like it, yeah, I felt like it made sense because it was a totally opposite thing that was mm-hmm. going on at the same time. Um, so I, I loved it. It was a bigger picture mm-hmm. meeting of the subject. Yes. And so especially, so once, so in a roundabout way, what I'm talking about is once Christine Blasey Ford, her name, which, oh my God. I didn't know, and of course no one really did, but I didn't know that she had almost come out and said her, said what she wanted to say, but then she decided not to. I didn't know that she was outed. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't read the book, so Christine Blasey Ford emailed her senator, um, never heard anything, and then emailed the Washington Post, told some friends, and then she was in spoke to lawyers and then she was like you know what this is going to be too big of a deal i'm really not a political person i don't want to mess things up in my life mm-hmm. i'm i'm not going to say anything and her then, initial thing was she just wanted the truth to be known yes she wanted candidate. she wanted people to know this before he was actually elected mm-hmm. and i admire that and they do talk about how naive she was yeah which which I think just goes back to it. She really isn't a political person. Mm-hmm. And so I guess 
she really just doesn't understand. She didn't. She does now. But she didn't understand how big of a deal it was going to be. Yeah. And that's really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, but she really they did. They drug her through the mud hard. Hard. Like, even a year after all of that happened, she was still saying that she was too fearful to go to the grocery store. Like, that's not a way to live. Yeah. Um, but I loved the back, like the behind the scenes look. I love a behind the scenes anything. Mm-hmm. So I especially loved um, going into that and how, just how fascinating and how horrible. Unfolded. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just, mm. I I so appreciate what she did. And to the, the nice, oh, roundabout way, what you asked me. So when she came out and said her, um, said her piece, there were a couple of other people that added on to it that there was no proof. And then later it was like, oh, you just said that to say that. Mm-hmm. And that's shitty. Yeah. Like, it kind of discredits the original yes, source. Exactly. You're ruining what is a fantastic movement. Mm-hmm. And it's just enough for those people to be like, see, they're all crazy. Like, yes. And that's, mm, that makes me cuss a whole lot. Yes. And so, yes, I believe that the Me Too movement is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. But, of course, there are always going to be people that ruin good things. Yes. I don't remember if it was in this book. I think it was in another book that I read that I'll be talking about shortly. But it, it said something to the effect of, at the end of the day, the Me Too movement is just a hashtag. And we do still have to actually go and do things. Yeah. So It started out as basically... Like, yeah, that's happened to me, too. Who who hasn't it happened? Like, right. who hasn't dealt with this? Um, but if that's all you're doing, that's mm-hmm. not going to do anything. Right. You're not actually facilitating change in any capacity by just hashtagging. Although I will say, when the Me Too movement really dropped and everyone on Facebook was in wherever you're on social media, everyone was hashtagging Me Too, telling their stories, I think it made men kind of be like, everybody yeah it also gave women a sense of community that Mm -hmm. that hasn't existed before because women we are sometimes our own worst enemy truth we do a lot more damage to each other than the men do to us sometimes so we really have to take that into account especially like you know lisa bloom the lawyer the the the, fem, the woman's rights lawyer. Like, I would love to be in a locked room with her. Why are you discrediting other women the way you are? Like you're hurting women. Yeah. Like that, and you're like you're a woman. You get that, right? You get like, that you're a woman. Yeah. The fact that she was advocating for shut for a dumpster fire is beyond me. Like how you can be Gloria Allred's daughter. How you can be this feminist Mm all-star and then behind the scenes be settling 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 quite like silencing silencing is just beyond me it said in the book that her salary she was on weinstein's payroll for like almost 800 something an hour an hour one per hour per one hour increment 60 minutes yeah 800 and something dollars, almost $900. Yeah, I think it was like 873 or 864, like a weird number. But I it hope was... that it was enough money to make you sleep at night yeah. for the damage that you have done to other women. That's yeah. all I have to say about that. Um, I do want to go back to a, at the end of the book, was probably one of my favorite parts. That was really cool. They, a year after the article dropped, they gather most of their sources 
and a few other people here and there that had come Christine. forward. Christine. <laughs> yes. Christine oh, Blasey Ford. I also really liked the McDonald's lady. She was awesome. She was so awesome. So there was a woman, and God, I can't, I don't remember her name, but she came out, um, she worked at McDonald's, and she had a crappy manager that ended up sexually harassing her in ways that weren't okay and when she reported him there wasn't much done about it whatsoever the policy with mcdonald's was very lackluster and so she she orchestrated a the largest walkout in any fast food industry and because of that you know of course there's no telling if they've actually done it but mcdonald's promised to do better and to make employees know make sure that all employees know of any sexual harassment um no no's and all of that but she was kind of amazing but at the her yeah. last name was Lawson okay and so she yeah so they gathered all of these women all of these sources Christine um Miss Lawson all of that gathered them in Gwyneth Paltrow's home yes and they just kind of chatted they chatted about what life has been like since they told their truth mm-hmm. what has changed for the better for the worse they even included a woman that never never gave, gave them the rights to her story mm-hmm. and just allowed her to see how these women were doing and then mm-hmm. gave it gave her the strength to come out with her own story yes. And it was just, it was beautiful. It was women supporting women, which is exactly what we all want. Yes. It was just, it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. It was great. I I loved the, kind of like the closure of the story, but Mm -hmm. also the, kind of like, it's where are they now? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of like touching back with them and overall the sense of relief of getting their story out there, getting their story told. Even if really crappy things have happened, at least they told their truth. Yeah. And they, you know, have done their part mm-hmm. in this, you know, giant whatever it is. Yeah. And I, I really appreciated that. Yeah. When they were talking about, uh, when they were talking to the woman that hadn't given uh, her side of the story on record, um, she was like, how do you feel about, what you did like and there and someone was like and I can't remember who said this but someone said it got really rocky but we're here and we said our we said what we did and we're not dead (laughs) we made it like we're all right like and I just it was just a great way like you said to Mm -hmm. kind of close it up no one killed us yeah we made it like it was it was hell for a while right the unknown is one of the most terrifying things about like you just don't know what yeah what's gonna happen when you tell yeah when you tell somebody you know what happened to you yeah are they gonna believe you are they not gonna believe you right are they gonna you know destroy you in the media right that sort of thing i did note i did a little digging after the fact there's a really good timeline on the new york times they did a a follow-up article and it's a timeline of the harvey weinstein story it starts the day the story drops and it goes through december 2019 um actually i think it goes through january 6th when the jury selection happens and it tells each accuser that's come out what day they came out what happened when the charges were filed all of this stuff and it's really a really good timeline but then also in december 2019 a massive settlement was reached with um, around 30 of the victims 
with the board of the Weinstein Company. Oh, okay. And this is another article that both both Jody and Megan wrote together. Okay. And it's on the New York Times website. And basically the gist of this is that because the statute of limitations, because the criminal versus civil cases, there's so few options available. Mm-hmm. This is the only way the women are going to be able to get any sort of recompense for right. their troubles. But, but basically... Weinstein will not have to apologize and will not have to pay any of his own money. The money is going to come from insurance companies from the Weinstein Corporation because that corporation has now had to file bankruptcy. So basically, nobody is being held financially responsible for what happened to these women. And and really, nobody on the board that knew what was happening is being held legally responsible Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, criminally responsible at all. And I just thought that was frustrating, even though the settlements, I think like 30 million divided amongst 30. however many uh, people. Okay. But like, it's just, you know, is that number enough? Is that, will it ever be enough? I don't think there's any, mo- like, I don't think there's any actual monetary value enough. Mm-hmm. But, and I know that nothing will ever give these women closure even if he is behind bars for the rest of his life there's nothing that's going to disintegrate these feelings and Mm -hmm. these memories that these women have Mm -hmm. but hopefully every single person's name that was involved in this issue has has Mm -hmm. is out there Mm -hmm. so their their reputations are ruined yeah of course, they have jillions of dollars, and of yeah. course, they're not going to be, you know, crying at home because they can't find a job, but they'll now be known as enablers to a sexual assaulter, rapist, harasser, mm-hmm. all of it. And, yeah, it's just, it is frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredibly stupid what these women had to go through, and there's nothing to be done for any of it, but at least... We know their names. And now at this point, no more women will be hurt by this man. Right. And hopefully by bringing the subject out there, fewer women will be hurt by other men. Hopefully. I know that because of this, and they did touch on it just a little bit, because of this, so many companies kind of got rid of bad people, like got rid of CEOs that were doing shitty things, like re-upped their policies. Like mm-hmm. a lot of good things came out of it. Um and so hopefully, yes, the next time someone is sexually harassed and turns their harasser in, hopefully there will be no more enablers. Of right. course there will. But right. the hope Unfortunately, is... Unfortunately, we don't live in a perfect world. But the hope is that there's enough good people out there now and enough brave people out there now that it won't be acceptable right. by someone. Someone will help you. Yes. The, the thought is that our children's children won't have to deal with this sort of thing anymore. Mm, that's the hope. You know? That's the dream. That's the dream. Um, what, one of the quotes I think you saw was something to that effect. Hold, please. Okay. Okay. So at the end, they're doing their thank you. The authors uh, are doing their thank yous to everyone that helped them. And their closing line was, to our daughters and to yours, may you know respect and dignity always in the workplace and beyond. 
And that was the final statement. And I thought that was beautiful. Like, I saved it. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because it's not even part of the actual book. But I Mm -hmm. thought it was a beautiful way to kind of wrap up this Mm -hmm. whole thing. Because that's that's what we want. We just want to be left alone. Right. (laughs) Just leave us the hell alone. (laughs) That was the main focus of the the story and the allegations is just not sexual harassment overall, but in the workplace. Yeah. Um, Cause there were several different reporters. Like I think you mentioned the other guy, Ronan, Ronan Farrow, Farrow. Yeah. And there were other reporters doing pieces on sexual harassment, like mm-hmm. in other avenues. Yeah. But this one was specifically about in the workplace. Right. And I, I really appreciated that because it's not really touched on a whole lot. Like mm-hmm. of you hear about this, in the news and wherever Mm -hmm. all the time, but it's never really specific about the workplace. And I really appreciated that because Mm -hmm. so many people have dealt with that and there's no one to turn to, no one that really cares. And so I appreciated that it really focused hard on the workplace. When O'Connell's memoir, Memo came out, she even said, like, I am here to read books, to find good books, to turn into great movies. And instead, I am here helping him find Harvey's friends and escort these poor women out after he has done these things to them. And I am not here for it. Like, I so appreciated how she worded it Mm -hmm. because she laid out her job and what she's supposed to be doing. And it was just beautiful. If you don't read the whole book, just Google her memo and read it. It's amazing. But yeah, I, um, so I finished it. I still haven't got, given it any stars. I haven't either. I don't, because it was, it was very eye-opening. It was very frustrating in the, in a way that it should be. It's good writing though. No, it, it was written very well. It was written in a very journalistic way, which is of course what they would have done. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's basically just expanding on the article that they mm-hmm. wrote. Obviously it's an investigation of their investigation. Yeah. And I thought it was brilliantly done and gave me so much more information that I obviously couldn't have gotten from the news because mm-hmm. this is their story that they told. Right. And I really enjoyed it as best I could. Like, I don't know yeah. if you can say like, Oh, I loved this terrible book. Right. <laughs> like, but I really enjoyed it, but I don't know how to rate it. Mm-hmm. So I, mean, I don't I think know. That that's definitely the case with a lot of gritty nonfiction yeah. works. That's like the story is just abysmally sad. Yeah. And, you know, but, but the writing mm-hmm. was presented in such a way that made it captivating that you could, you know, that made it palatable, something mm-hmm. that you could understand. And that I appreciated for sure. Yeah. I have one more quote, and this is from when uh, Christine Blasey Ford was, she took almost a week trying to decide, will I go to Washington? Will I testify? What am I going to do? And she deals with horrible anxiety, always has. And she just kept going back and forth about it. And she was like, I really want people to know before they make this decision, because as she said in the very beginning of this, that he would be he would be a judge for the rest of her life. And her lawyer just kind of had to say to her, and this is a quote, you can't take on all of the hopes and prayers and dreams of every person who wants women to be treated respectfully. And I thought that was just a a fantastic sentence 
to help you kind of calm down. Because when you read something like this, you're incredibly fired up and you want to do everything. Yes. But it's kind of like, you can't take on everyone else's. Mm-hmm. You can't take, take on the, world of the, the weight of the world. But you can do what you can for yourself and your girlfriends and mm-hmm. your your coworkers. Like, you can do what, what you can do. Mm-hmm. But you can't do it for everybody else. Yeah. And so I, I really appreciated mm-hmm. that because... It may not have helped Christine, but it helped me calm down. Yeah. So I liked it because after reading something like this, you're always fired up. So fired up. But it helps, it helps kind of center you Mm -hmm. a little bit. And so I, I, I really appreciated what Mm -hmm. she said there. One thing that kind of helped me also is that now the name Harvey Weinstein, instead of being synonymous with great movies, is synonymous with this terrible, Mm -hmm. terrible thing and human being that he has become. And he will forever be remembered for this. Yeah. Kind of like Brock Turner. Yeah. And so I definitely appreciate that that, you know, is now his legacy. Yeah. Is what he needs. Yeah. I know that. And I do feel sorry for his family. I feel sorry for his children. Mm-hmm. And his wife. She said she was super naive and had no idea that any of that was going on. Yeah, I don't know what to think on that. She was very young. If you look, there's some quite she, I didn't, I didn't, them. I didn't really dig into that at all. Um, it does make you wonder, though, how he pursued her. It does. And um, what kind of coercion he used. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't really know anything about his family mm-hmm. besides what I learned about his brother in the book. But I am glad that his name is now synonymous with synonymous, synonymous with crap. Yes, I struggled a little bit with his brother because I think he was just in a really shitty situation, and he just didn't he didn't know how to help. Right. I know that he got incredibly frustrated with his brother, but I don't even know if he was frustrated with his brother because of what he was doing to women. I think it was he was frustrated because what he was doing to his company. This is true. I mean, but again, this isn't a book about his brother. So I don't know, you know, I we don't know how right. his brother felt. But what came across and what little information we did mm-hmm. receive about his brother. I think his name is Rob. Bob. Bob. That was close. But what we did learn was more his frustration with, mm-hmm. I have to lead a company with this person and he's not a great person. Right. So. And he's sabotaging us at every yeah, turn yeah basically with his behavior but anyway i thought it was a really good book um you know just all of the controversial points aside the book was really good and like i said in the beginning i appreciated the fact that they made sure that every aspect of this they made sure to tell the truth and they have all of the information to back it up mm-hmm. so for naysayers like sorry but there's proof Mm -hmm. and i really appreciated that because of course there are there will always be naysayers with good and bad things always Mm -hmm. so but when you come out there with proof though like sorry about (laughs) you you're stupid (laughs) so i i do appreciate not that i personally needed to be validated Mm -hmm. but i do like I do like that they have sources to back mm-hmm. up their claims. Oh, yeah. The whole, like, the back part of the book, there's like 20-something oh, pages of sources I, alone. I, I read the ebook and I and I think I finished the ebook at 86% of That's the book because there's so many sources. Yeah. There's so much stuff in the back. So 
Yeah, they definitely. It was thoroughly researched. Yes. It was a well put together article and it was a well put together piece, uh, you know, a well put together book. And so I really enjoyed it. I did. I did enjoy it. I'm very glad that I read it because I had wanted to, but it was one of those things that was like, I know it's going to make me so mad. Yes. <laughs> so it was just dreading wanting yes. to read it. I know, so. And I know, I knew it was going to be a controversial pick and it's definitely outside of our norm, but also I think for us that have this platform, I think it's also our responsibility to bring up issues like this, not just the fun stuff or the lighthearted stuff, but also to push your boundaries in your reading life and make yeah. you think a little bit more for sure. I feel like my personal opinion, I feel like if you're not reading stuff that sometimes makes you uncomfortable, like, I don't know. I feel like you need to push yourself. You mm-hmm. need to sometimes feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. and that's okay because it, you just learn. You're learning. Yeah. I mean, I get that reading is an escapism for most people. Oh yeah. And I 100% appreciate that. And, and I'm like that 90% of the time, but I also think that sometimes we do need to push outside those comfort zones mm-hmm. and, and push ourselves to read stuff that, that makes us uncomfortable for no. sure. It's kind of like eating your veggies. Yes. You don't want to. But you gotta. (laughs) That was a beautiful analogy. Thank you. Well, next week, we are going to be back with what we've been reading. Yeah. And it's going to have been like two months since we did that. So many books. No, I have like three. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. Susie hasn't been up to much, but I've been reading a lot. So So y'all will hear lots of books that Tavia read. I've got lots of fun (laughs) stuff to talk about, and I'm excited about it for sure. And... My buddy read is in February, and I will make sure that we've got something a little more fun to discuss. I don't know if it's going to be about dinosaurs or not. I haven't decided, but I will let you guys know. I feel like you have decided. You just don't want to no, tell No, I me. really, really, I haven't decided yet because I kind of do want to read Jurassic Park, but then I'm like, mm, I don't know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll try to not always pick the super heavy stuff for our buddy reads. How yeah. about that? <laughs> yeah, if... Yeah, if one of us chooses something heavy, the next month will certainly be the opposite of that. So, Because we know that you're here for our shenanigans more than you're here for our beautiful, witty prose. (laughs) I am very witty, though. Yes, you are. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for hanging in there with us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.